Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Saturday, October 30th, 2021. What is the good life? Well, this has been a question that philosophers and poets have loved to consider, but this isn't a question just for the philosophers or just for the poets. This is a question really that everybody is seeking the answer to because on some level, we all want to live it. We all want to live a good life and to enjoy a good life. Where is it? How do we get it? Well, the world can search for answers all over the place, but the best place to look would be God's word because he tells us what it is. And we're going to see that today as we look at 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 8 through 22. And as that section begins, it says this. So he's talked now, just for some context, really about some of the things that touch our everyday lives. He's talked about our relationship to the government. He's talked about our relationship in the marketplace. And then he talked about husbands and wives, relationships within the home. And now he gets to verse 8. Finally, all of you have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. Do not repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, bless. For to this you were called that you may obtain a blessing. For whoever desires to love life and see good days, let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. So there is this strong encouragement, and much of it really pertains to how we act within the relationships we have with other people. I mean, think of those things that he lists in verse 8. Have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, a humble mind. Do not repay evil for evil, right? All of these things, that's talking about stuff in your relationships with others. That when somebody does something hurtful or wrong to you, you are not going to respond in kind. And then it gets kind of this idea of good life, that you love life and you see good days well, then stop talking about evil. Stop lying about others. Do what is good. Uh, try to pursue peace and all of these things and really know that God blesses that, but God really punishes and opposes those who do evil. Now, it goes on to make it clear this does not mean if you do these things, your life will not have any problems. But I think what he is trying to say is, well, your life will have a lot less unnecessary problems. We cannot stop being sinned against. Or as he goes on to talk about it, really as Christians, you you won't be able to stop all the persecution that is going to come your way. But there is a lot of trouble that we can stop by doing what is right ourselves and not returning evil for evil, not becoming proud or arrogant, uh, but pursuing peace. And so I want you to think about even just the relationships in your life today. And there might be some difficult ones in there. 
But what I want to ask you is, are you making it harder than it needs to be? Or are you seeking to have unity, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, a humble mind, not returning evil for evil? Uh, Is that where your heart is? Kind of what we see in Romans, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with all people. That should be our desire. And then he goes on, I think really to say this will lessen your problems. In verse 13, now who is there to harm you if you are zealous for what is good? If you're really a a peaceable person and a humble person and a kind, sympathetic person, that's going to reduce a lot of the conflict in your life. But then he goes on to say, but even if you should suffer for righteousness sake, you will be blessed, right? But the suffering we will experience, even that we want to respond not with evil for evil, but respond with kindness and loving our enemies and praying for those who persecute us. So think about that really. Think about your own relationships. Think about about this past week. Think about the week ahead of you. And just ask yourself, am I living this out, especially in those difficult relationships? Or am I filled with bitterness, with anger, with pride? Uh, What is it that dominates my heart and my life? And so hopefully some of those things can, can really help us as we seek to walk through what can be a difficult life and can be difficult situations, but we can live the good life because we're trusting in God. We have a reason for this hope within us. We are following the example of Christ. Now, there's some confusing things there at the end of 1 Peter 3, where it talks about Jesus going and proclaiming to the spirits in prison. Um, there, there's a lot of different theories there. I think it's hard to say for certain what is going on there. I think one thing that we uh, can, some things we know it doesn't mean are, are that there's some second chance for people after death. I don't think that coincides with the rest of scripture. Also an idea just that Jesus was suffering in hell from his death on the cross until his resurrection on Sunday doesn't match with the rest of the biblical picture either. Remember Jesus tells the thief on the cross, today you will be with me in paradise. So it's hard to understand totally what that means. Verse 21, where it says baptism, which corresponds to this now saves you. Well, wait, what is that talking about? Getting baptized is what saves me. Uh, Clearly, though, he's not referring merely to the physical act of baptism because next he goes on to say, not as a removal of dirt from the body, but as an appeal to God for a good conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So really, I think he's talking more about what our baptism symbolizes, our faith in Christ, uh, than the act itself. Uh, But let's move on, even as we think about the good life, right? You think about that from maybe just a simpler perspective, you, you might think, reasonably, well, it's hard to live the good life without some good food. And certainly that's, you know, when you think of the world and its image of the good life, you're going to think of just plenty to eat, rich food, uh, just things to enjoy there. But John chapter six, verses 25 through 40, give us a different perspective on what is the real food that will satisfy us. And it makes it clear that is Jesus Christ, because Jesus starts talking about really this bread, this food that endures to eternal life and a bread from heaven. And he makes it clear this bread from heaven is not a what? It is not the manna that came in the wilderness. The bread of heaven is a who. And that's really the context. Remember, Jesus has just fed the 5,000. 
and performed that miracle. Well, now he is going to teach based on that because the crowd is coming and he knows they're coming because they want more bread. And so he tells them in verse 27, do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the son of man will give you for on him, God, the father has set his seal. And that's a good reminder there that the good life is not about our circumstances and our possessions here and now that the good life is really ultimately going to be about eternity. That is where our focus should be. And there's a food that lasts to eternal life. And Jesus makes it clear that this bread is not a what, it is a who. And he makes that clear in verse 35 when he says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. And I want to just make a brief connection between this passage and our last passage and another passage that we've read recently in James chapter four, because it talks about interpersonal conflict. And it says, ultimately, it comes because you're not getting what you want. Conflict often comes from unmet desires. But Jesus here talks about fulfilling our desires and really um, In a sense, what he's talking about here is our deepest desires. Our our souls will not hunger. Our souls will not thirst. He's not speaking there literally. He, He is speaking there really about our souls. And if we are in this satisfied state because we have the bread of life, I think it's going to be a lot easier to obey the commandments of 1 Peter 3, to have sympathy, to have unity of mind, to be considerate, to not return evil for evil. Because I'm not just bent out of shape because I'm not getting what I want. I'm focused on the bread of life and feasting on the life that I have in Christ. And there is security in that life as well. As he uh, speaks of being raised up, he says in verse 39, And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. That my faith is in Christ, I am satisfied in him, and because of him, I will be raised up on the last day. Well, let's move on now to a passage that's not as encouraging to Jeremiah 39 through 41. And here we are going to read about the fall of Jerusalem. And you see Zedekiah, who has ignored Jeremiah's warnings, well, now he suffers a cruel fate as he tries to sneak away from the Chaldeans. He is caught. His sons are killed right in front of him. And then his eyes are are put out. So the last thing he sees with his eyes is the death of his sons. And then his eyes are put out and he is taken captive to Babylon. But God delivers here Jeremiah, who had been faithful to him. And Jeremiah remains in Judah. And there is a man named Gedaliah who then becomes the governor appointed by the Chaldeans, but it seems sanctioned by Jeremiah and God. And he's telling people, all right, live. Uh, you know, possess what's left here and just make a good life here in Judah and honor the Chaldeans for now that they're in charge, but live your life here. But then we see someone comes and murders Gedaliah, and that's going to start a kind of a, a sad chain of other events that we'll see Jeremiah go through. Uh, but we see they continue to not listen, right? They haven't listened, so they're destroyed. But now they get a governor who tells them, all right, just live peaceably now in the land. And they don't listen to him and somebody comes and kills him. And that's just going to lead to more problems. So a very sad story of the end of sin there in Jeremiah 39 to 41. 
Finally, we go back to Psalm 119 and verses 121 to 128. And as you look at these verses, hopefully we can relate on some level to them as we look out at the world and see sin and see evil and see frustration and not in a proud way or in an arrogant way, but we have a sense of God, I don't want to be a part of that. And in verse 121, he says, I have done what is just and right. Do not leave me to my oppressors. And I hope that's something that we can say, not in a sense of perfection, because none of us can look at our lives and say, I have always, in every situation, done what is just and right. But I would hope that we can see clearly a difference between us as believers who have put our faith in Christ and been redeemed and given the Holy Spirit, right? How we could be able to say, God, I am seeking you in a world that does not. And so don't let the world have this power over me. In verse 123, he says, My eyes long for your salvation and for the fulfillment of your righteous promise. Deal with your servant according to your steadfast love and teach me your statutes. In an evil world, that is our hope right there. Not that the world will turn out great, but God, you will deal with me according to your steadfast love. And part of that will be God teaching me your statutes. Because we know that's where the good life really is. In following God, seeking his steadfast love, feasting on the bread of life. If you love life, if you want to see good days, that is the direction that we need to go. Thanks for digging into God's word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.